Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Turn with me, if you would, this morning to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians in chapter 3. And uh, we're going to see some things this morning. Dad Hagen made a statement. He said, since I've learned to pray... He said, I have never had one prayer unanswered. Now think of that. Since I've learned to pray, I've never had one prayer unanswered. What's he mean? I get results. Every time he released his faith, he expected a result. We have to get to the point to where when we release our faith, that we're not just okay with it if, if the answer doesn't show up. And oh, well, we're on to the next thing. But Bible faith is, is that you don't let go of it until you see the manifestation. There was a man by the name of George Mueller. If you haven't read anything after him, you need to get online or get some of his books and read after him. Uh, He started an orphanage over in England had several orphanages, and and by the time of his death, he had over 2,000 orphans he was taking care of, and uh, he had an amazing testimony. But he was a man that he had a a prayer list, and he would put a particular need down the prayer list or a person he'd be praying for, and he did not let them come off his list till he saw the answer to that thing. And he said there were times for years he would call out certain things before God, not praying the same thing. Once he released his faith, every day he would say, thank you, Father, you're working in that situation because I've already talked to you about that. Thank you, Father. So every day the prayer was the prayer of praise and thanksgiving. It wasn't just the prayer of request, the prayer of faith, or the prayer of supplication. Once he prayed and released his faith, he would just thank God. Now you understand some prayers you have to, you have to continually supplicate over, but some things you just release your, your faith through praise and worship. And so there was one man in particular that they said that in the city, he was like the worst fellow in town that you could never get this man, his, his life turned around. And, and, uh, George Mueller, when he heard that, that this man was too hard to reach, he put him on his list. Now that means if, if you have a list and you don't let go till that thing gets fulfilled, you're going to be real slow about what you put on your list. You're not just going to, with half a thought or half regard, write something down. When you mean to see it through to completion, you're going to stick with it, aren't you? You're going to be very sober about what you release your faith for. Because uh, too many times people just half-heartedly and casually just release their faith for something. And we have to get to the point to where uh, it is on purpose and at a specific point in time we released our faith. And George Mueller did that for this man. And for 50 years that man was on his prayer list. Believing God for this man's salvation. He died not seeing that answered, but the man came to his funeral and got born again at his funeral. Because the man of God didn't let go and God honored the man's faith even after the man left, his faith was still working. Why? Because uh, faith is a living thing. 
Amen. And so what I'm talking to you about is we need to be sober about what we release our faith on and not just haphazard, not half-hearted. And, and if somebody were to say, uh, have you prayed about that? Oh yeah, yeah, I did. And it not be much more of a thought than, oh yeah, I think I prayed about that. Or, or we can't even tell when we release our faith. Uh, did I pray about that? Now, see, there's something wrong with that because if we approach every request, every need, every circumstance as though I'm getting the answer, I'm, I'm walking away with the victory over this thing, then we're going to be very purposeful in what we're believing for. And that, that's how you, we end up with this testimony like dad Hagen that says, once I learned how to pray. He said, I never had one prayer unanswered. Now, he said, there were times I was not getting the answer. And therefore, I knew I had to change my approach. I had to change either what I was believing, what I was saying, or how I was, uh, uh, what, I was what I was requesting. I had to maybe change something. But he said, I never had one prayer unanswered. How about, how about we say, that's what faith is meant to do in our lives. Every answer received, every victory, every blessing laid hold of. Amen. And not be okay with, oh, well, that didn't work. I'll try better next time. There's a reason. Let's be students of our past. And go, why did that not work? And we're going to, we're going to learn to cooperate better with God. Amen. Now, um, I want to say this because I think this is so, this is, this, uh, statement ought to be of interest to all of us. Um, we can either speed up or hinder the manifestation of our answer. We can either speed it up. I don't know about you. I want manifestation. If I'm believing for something, I want the answer. We can either speed it up or slow it down or fail to receive it at all. And, uh, what we're going to have to realize is something that how we treat the word is going to determine whether the manifestation comes more quickly whether it's slowed down or doesn't even manifest at all. It's not on God's side, it's on our side. I want to read something to you that Dad Hagen wrote. He said, realize that getting the answer to prayer or to what you're believing for may depend on you. The manifestation, listen to this word, can come faster. I'm all for that. You all for that? It can come faster if, the word of God is strongly rooted in you. The word, the more strongly rooted in us, the word is, that's going to dictate uh, how fast something can come into manifestation for us. He goes on to say, to quote, he says, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, your faith is stronger if you have a lot of the word in you. So if your faith is stronger, if there's a lot of the word in you, what does it mean if there's not much of the word in you? Your faith is weaker. So he's letting us know that our manifestation is going to be dependent upon the strength of our faith. That if our faith is stronger, a manifestation can come sooner. 
if our faith is weaker, it will take longer for something to show up. So if something is long and showing up, we couldn't, we, we are not to say, God, why are you taking so long? We have to remedy that. What is the remedy? Strengthen our faith. How do we strengthen our faith? One way by the word. Dad Hagen went on to say, that's the reason I don't even pray about some things for several days until I have examined the word carefully first on the subject. Now you understand if something is an emergency and calls for you to do something, uh, you, you need to take that you need to take that step and use your faith immediately. But if something that you say, you know, I'm going to be believing for this and something that's not an emergency, take time to spend time in the word. He said, keep examining the word, keep meditating on the word. Now, how do you meditate on the word? Speaking it to yourself, meditating and feeding on the word does not necessarily mean taking in chapters and chapters and chapters as quick as you can. It means finding scriptures that seem to stand out to you. Uh, look to the Holy ghost of scriptures that he would direct you toward. And if he directs you toward a scripture, don't you get off of it. Don't decide I read it once, so I'm getting off of it. Or I quoted it once. If he directs you to it, it's because he wants you to camp on it. Amen. And so you, you state that scripture. And I mean, there may just be one scripture that for days or even weeks you feed on. And that thing, you're just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, you remember Dad Hagen was on his deathbed as a young man, and he found Mark 11, 23 and 24, right? For 16 and a half months, he stayed on those two verses. Amen. Because there was so much in it. The Holy Ghost is telling your answers there. Your help is there. He stayed right there to see the mind will tell you, well, you should be reading something different. You should stay with what the Holy Ghost says. That's what you should do. Don't let the reasonings dismiss you from the leading of the spirit. Amen. So dad Hagen said, keep examining the word, keep meditating on it. And if I say this, don't just randomly pick something of the word to meditate on as you're feeding on the word. If a certain verse seems to thrill your spirit, stand up on the inside of you. I mean, something, it comes alive to you. Stop right there. Stay on that verse. Stay on that verse. Or if when you wake up or throughout the day, there's a certain verse that comes up from your heart to you. That is the Holy Ghost directing your meditations so that you're not meditating wastefully. You don't need to be meditating on, you know, on the book of Revelation when you need to get healed. It doesn't matter about rapture stuff when you need healing. And seriously, some of these things you would think are common sense, but people have to be taught. Don't just start. Don't just think I'm just going to get me a lot of faith by reading a lot of word. You're going to get a lot of faith by following the Holy Ghost into the word that he's teaching you. That he's leading you in. And dad Hagen went on and he said, sometimes I have gone for days meditating on just one scripture, one passage. After three or four days, I have found that faith was so strong in me, I could not doubt if I wanted to. 
because the word had built something into me. See the word built into you. It comes by meditating on the word, not just being acquainted with it, not just being able to quote it, but it has to come alive to you. Meditation is such a vital key to the faith life because meditation is how you, how you get that word in you and how you get yourself in that word to where nothing can pull you off of it. You think about it. You talk about it. You speak it to yourself over and over and over. It's not about quantity of the word you get in you. It's about revelation of a, of, of a scripture you get in you. Amen. For example, let me demonstrate what a meditation would be. We, we, we quote every service that scripture in Philippians 419, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So meditation on the word on that passage would be my God shall supply my God. He's my God. Father, I thank you that you're my God. You made yourself my possession. You belong to me. I belong to you. You're not just my pastor's God. You're not just Brother Copeland's God or you're not just Brother Hagen's God. You're not just Moses's God. You're my God. You're mine. You take every word of a passage and you feed that to yourself. You chew that thing. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. How do you taste it? You eat it. You chew it. You know, have you ever had in, in your family, maybe a family get together and somebody in the family brings the best desserts? I didn't say the best vegetables, the best desserts. <laughs> in our household, because there were so many little kids running around, when my family would get together, my one brother had five daughters, my other brother had two, my other sister had my sister had three, and then I had two. So with all the little kids running around, uh, they would gather around the desserts just like us. And one of my brothers is so great, he stood up and says, no, you don't, no, you don't, no, you don't. These are homemade. You are too little to appreciate that. Go get the box of cookies out of the cabinet. You don't get this. That's a waste on a three-year-old. You go get those little old crackers or those cookies that you don't even know the difference of. You know, they'll just take something that took a long time to make and so good, and they'll just swallow it down without even chewing. You didn't even chew that. You didn't even chew that. You just put it down. You don't even, you don't even appreciate. You, you got to, I mean, you got to, you got to take a bite and then you got to, mm. you got to, you got to give grunts, you know, you got to make noise. I mean, you just eat it and don't even think about it. Care not. No, no, no. This is the conversation. The food that you're eating. We talk about that. We're not talking about, you know, what your child did when we're eating this, Right. That's the same thing with the word. We're not half-heartedly just applying and eating the word. We are delighting over every bite of that thing. Amen. We are feasting. Amen. What does it say in Psalm 23 verse 
Verse five, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Yes, the enemies are present, but what, oh my, my, what's on that table? Oh my goodness, what's on that table? I mean, it is so worth chewing every bit. My mother makes homemade yeast donuts. Baby, 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 I'm talking. It is so fine. It is so fine. And then she fries those up and then she puts the icing over. Oh my gosh. You take a bite of that and it just ooze. You know, it's just, um, 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 um. it's like, let's not talk about the kids right now. Let's, um, um, <laughs> because this is so delightful. It takes full focus, full attention. And I mean, people, people in town, when she know, when they know she's making those, I mean, she'll, you know, tell her friends or something, they come over and I mean, they're pounding. We are pounding the donuts. And so when we would grow up, she would make those. And I mean, we delighted over every morsel. There was no such thing as gobble them. You just chewed and you made sure that it was fully enjoyed. And don't talk to me about your problem. I'm, I'm, I'm eating. Full focus on what was delightful. My God, my God. Full focus, my God, taking each word and chewing it. Amen, that's called meditating. My God, my God, not my job. Not my spouse, my God. Go to the next word, you emphasize that, my God. Not my wallet, not the economy. Amen, my God. Then the next word, move on, chew the next word. My God shall, my God shall. My, not, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. No question about it. I'm not wondering, I'm not worrying because he shall, he shall, he shall. My God shall. And you start talking that way when you're paying your bills. You start talking that way when you're driving down the, down the road in your car and you start having church, baby. You start having church. My God shall supply, not withhold, not punish, not teach me a lesson because I missed it. So now I have to be taught a lesson by hardship. My God shall supply. Then you go to the next word. My God shall supply all, not part, not part. All of it. Every need you face already has a supply. Every circumstance that arises already has a supply. Don't just limit this to money. Every symptom already has a supply. Every disease already has a supply. A supply of healing. My God shall supply. All. My. Mine. Not just the pastor's. Not just those who have done it right for 30 years. He shall supply all my, all my. See, this is called meditating on the word. This is called eating the word. This is how your faith becomes strong. This is how you speed up the answers in your life. This is how you speed up the, 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 uh, solutions. This is how you speed up the manifestations into your need. Amen. Praise the Lord. 
So again, Dad Hagen said, sometimes I have gone for days meditating on just one scripture. Remember what I said, let the Holy Ghost guide your meditations so that you're not randomly picking out a verse that is not his direction for you in that situation. When I was going through one particular test that lasted a a period of time, every day I would get up and the Holy Ghost would either bring a scripture to me, he would make a statement to me, and all day long I would stay on that one thing. Whatever he said, I stayed with it. I didn't just get off of it because the day was passing. I carried what he said with me all day long. I would write it down. The next day I would get up and if I went to go back and meditate on what I did meditate on yesterday, it didn't seem alive to me the same way. It didn't seem to carry the same unction with it because he was going to give me something else for that day. Sometimes he'll give you something every day to get you through that difficulty, to get you through that test. Sometimes he only gives you one thing. If he only gives you one thing, don't get off of it till he gives you something else. That's called following the Holy Ghost. That's called following the leading of the spirit. He won't just follow you. He, you don't, he won't just lead you in what house to buy or what job to take or what person to marry or what, what city to live in. He'll lead you in what to meditate on. He'll lead you on where your attention should be, what portion of the word. Because the word is vast. And the word will tell one person one thing based on their need, but God will spotlight something else for you. And it's all still the word, but it's prescribed by the great teacher, the Holy Ghost. Amen. So this is what dad Hagen was saying that we can speed up the manifestation. If we understand these things, sometimes he said, I have gone for days meditating on just one scripture. After three or four days, I found that faith was so strong in me. I could not doubt if I wanted to, because the word had built something into me. Then he quoted this. Jesus said in John 15, verse seven, if you abide in me, look at this. And my words abide in you. My words abide in you. My word, the word abide means live in. It's not enough that we're alive in him. His word has to be alive in us. It has to be a living thing. How does the word become a living thing by meditating on it? Not just thumbing through and reading the Bible as quick as we can so we can check off that we read our chapters. Listen, it's good to read the Bible. I'm not saying it's not, but I'm saying this, don't overlook the value of meditation. Amen. Amen. If you abide in me, if you're born again, you do abide in Jesus. You understand that? That is you. You don't have to do anything else. If you're born again, that part is fulfilled. But here's the clincher. And if my words abide in you, that's going to take time to get the word in you. That's going to take meditation to get the word in you. After that, if my words abide in you and, and uh, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, the next thing you shall ask. You shall ask. You'll start asking some things when something comes alive to you of the word. You will ask. You won't have to say, did I ask about that? No, it'll be so alive in you. You'll start asking and laying hold of some things. You shall ask what you will and it shall be done. It shall be done. That mean, how, how sure is that? 
How firm is that? How certain is that, that it will come to pass? Amen. So we see this, we can speed up our manifestation by how we treat the word. We have to understand this. The word is the voice of God speaking to us. It is his voice talking to us. If you had a loved one, let's say that a young man was courting a girl. They were dating and they were planning on getting married. But for some reason, they had to be separated. They, someone was traveling somewhere and they were separated for a time. If he would write her and she would write him, I guarantee you they wouldn't look at that letter like they're reading a bill. Just opening it half-heartedly, casual. I mean, that's the first thing they open when they see the mail. They don't open all the bills and then lay that aside for the last because they're not that interested. That's the first thing they open. When we're faced with something, the word needs to be the first thing we open. Why? Because it is a letter from our father. It is him talking to us. And when you would read that letter from that one that you were so in love with, you wouldn't just read it once, you'd read it twice, especially if they told you how wonderful you were <laughs> and how good looking you were. You would read over that again and again and then you'd show that, look what she, look what she said. <laughs> look what he said about me. You'll be glad to share that and you would lay in bed at night and pull that thing out of while you're laying on your pillow and go to sleep with that thing. And then you'd tie it up in some nice way and put it aside because I'm keeping that. And then next week you'd pull it out and read it or the next day or the next morning, whatever your case may be. Because to them, that letter is them. That's the only part of them present with you at that time. That letter represents their presence with you in your life. His word is that to us. The word is the voice of God. We read it passionately. We read it hungrily. We read it with great interest. We read it with great love because it is my father talking to me. Amen. Amen. And just know this, to spend time in the word is just like having a talk with Jesus personally. Amen. God said something to me years ago. He said, talk to me about my word. What does he mean? Don't just read through it and then close the book. But what you read, talk to him about what you read. Amen. If that loved one said, you know, I need to talk to you about this or that. And they follow up the paragraph. You're going to be reading that and you're going to answer them back in your letter based on what they requested of you. Talk with God about his word. Get it in you because that will determine how quickly the manifestation comes. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.